NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. Okay, righto, airheads, welcome back once again to another stirring rendition of Putting On Airs. I'm Trey Crowder, that's Corey Ryan Forrester. How are you doing today, Cho? Hello, governor. That's the yeah, best one I got. That's what I was kind of hoping for. <laughs> you were going all regal. I was going for like, can I have some yeah. gruel? Yeah. I love gruel with uh, bugs in it for protein. Uh, yeah, preferably, yeah. <laughs> Crunch uh, Yeah. I'm going to keep hoeing this mud all day. I need some muscles. Give me some more bug meat. Uh, they, what I've bug always... do you think would have the most protein? Ugh, Jesus. Uh, grubs, maybe? Yeah, because like they, they're like, they, like they're, they're fatty, though. Do you think most of that's fat? Yeah, that's not hit for me. But uh, No, yeah, I uh, hear you. I mean, crickets are supposed to be a good source of protein, I reckon. Yeah. That's gotten, that's I've become eaten like crickets. A I mean, I have too. I've eaten chirps. Which is cricket yeah. chip? Good name. Got to give them that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've never. I've. I've just. Bugs just don't hit for me. Bugs. I, bugs don't hit for me, me either. They I, don't I can't, hit even a little bit for me. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand bugs. Frankly, I know some of them are bros. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want them around oh, me. Well, dude. I mean, to, to go back to the great squirrel debate, you know how I feel about most like most animals that no one would give a shit if they died. I cry over, but when it comes to bugs. Squash that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Him. There's plenty more left. Squash that motherfucker. Squash him dead. Uh, also, we may have talked about it on an early episode, but I've always thought that uh, Gruel is a truly hilarious name yeah. for the thing that it is, you know, it, because it it's sounds like, like, yeah, what it feels like. Exactly. It's like, that's what, you know, and people got got excited about eating that because it was either that or starving to death. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, oh, some lovely gruel today. You yeah. know, like just having gruel on offerings. I don't know the difference between gruel, porridge. porridge. What's uh? There's other there's other ones, right? There's like that gruel. Por- yeah, there there are several that like fall into that category. But gruel is like it's clearly named for what the people eating it were doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. we're out here. They're they're in the grueling heat. They're grueling the day away. What do they eat? Eh, gruel, gruel. Yeah. Or maybe they came up with that nickname for it. You know because what I mean? It's grueling to eat this. Yeah, maybe like that. Might know, not they weren't they weren't known for their wit. You know, <laughs> no, <they weren't>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the peasants. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Yeah, not sharp as rapey as they were not, in, but. No. Um, uh, so on this episode, when we get to our uh, main topics later, I'm going to be doing what I think is a pretty ultimate example of the Venn diagram between uh, rich people and trashy people. I'm talking about strip clubs um, because, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. I, also, I was in Portland this weekend, which naturally included a, stri- a trip to a strip club, and so they were on my mind. So. That should be fun. We'll get into that a little later. And after that, Professor Cho, what are we talking about? 
uh, ironically, a pretty witty peasant, William of Ockham. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fine then. Yeah, well, but he's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, about to say, you know. Well, and that William dude in the barrel, like that stepping that t- on my stepping on my bitch from the grave. I don't like. Well, it. well we also famously talked about uh, paradoxically yeah. or Diogenes. Diogenes. What's paradoxically? Pretty far off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Diogenes though, like he was a philosopher. I mean, I think he was also, but he was a of, peasant, you know, a crazy hobo. But he he was like a philosopher who like lived that way by choice. That was like his well, whole thing. Okay, was like. I could be up there in the stone circle standing in a toga and thinking about stuff with Aristotle and all them motherfuckers, you know, because I hit it thinking too. But part of what I think is that ain't it, and I'd rather be drunk in this barrel. Well, uh, okay. Well, I've got a point to that. That's part of what you, I think, you know. Then you win because my guy's, that's the reason he's a peasant pretty much. So He chooses to be? I'll get into it. I'll get into okay. it later. Because yeah, so that's I different. Just, I yeah. I just need you to be right. Okay. I also need me to be right. Well, but yeah. I, right. I, yeah. I don't. I ain't never heard of that motherfucker unless that wasn't that wasn't Heath Ledger's daddy in the Night's Tale, was it? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His <laughs> name was William, I think, or was that Ledger's name? I can't remember. His daddy was a blind peasant, which yeah. was like you know no. a whole thing. Not um, him. Yeah, that would have been wild if it was him. But uh, before we get into any of that, uh, I thought we'd have a little fun up top. I found it should have done this a couple of months ago, but I didn't know this existed a couple of months ago. The Victorian era is just a real whale of uh, comical lunacy. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that they were into. We've gone back to that whale time and time again. I'm about to do it once more right now. And will forever because they just, there's no bottom to it. So... (laughs) valentines were actually super popular in victorian england like that's the thing i found out recently when i was doing a doing a video for my patreon uh i'd always heard i don't know about you but i'd patreon.com slash trey crowder by the way if you're gonna fucking plug it plug it i'd always heard and i don't know what if you had heard the same but that like valentine's day was like basically invented by hallmark or whatever it was a very commercial holiday or whatever it's not that it isn't a commercial holiday but like that's not even a little bit true valentine's day has like a pretty long and storied tradition going back a long ass way and even including the little like the valentines themselves part of the lore of the origin of valentine's day was that there was there, there's like three different St. Valentines in the history of the Catholic Church, and there's debate about which one was actually the St. Valentine of the day, right? But, or, you know, of Valentine's Day fame. But one of them was like a prisoner and was able to slip notes out to like his, oh, his so love or his card. followers or something like that yeah. from the prison. And uh, so that is like purported to be the origin of that tradition, but it's one of those things where it's like, who the hell knows if that's true, but either way, sending the little love notes, that's been a thing for a long time. And it was huge in Victoria era, England. That's all, that's all well and good. That's fine. What I did not know at all was that the opposite was also true in Victorian era, England. They, another thing that was easily just as popular amongst the Victorians as Valentine's cards were vinegar Valentine's, which were 
shit talking cards uh, you, you don't hit cards. people you sent to people who did not hit for you which <laughs> i think we should bring back frankly yes like, well we do it's just called just, the internet and a post i know but that's the thing is like they they like put these Mailed in the them. mail and also <laughs> in victorian england you had to you had to if you received mail you had to pay for it the people didn't pay really? to send it yeah, that's. I mean, if you if you wanted to receive it at all, you had to pay right. for it. They didn't buy stamps and send them. They didn't pay shit. The person who got it. So if you know, you get out of curiosity. Ooh, what is this? You pay to open up a card <laughs> that says you don't hit, right? <laughs> Which is very funny to me. It's uh, hilarious. And a lot of them were like from women to dudes that they were like declining their advances, you know, and things like that. Uh, but not all of them. There was things like uh, just shitting on sales ladies or whatever. A very popular one for a while was uh, anti-women suffrage vinegar valentines. So it was like, <laughs> Keep so suffering, like, bitch. They were like designed to send to women who wanted the right to vote and tell them like, just so you know, you don't hit, you'll never get married. Nobody <laughs> wants that shit. <laughs> it's like, and they all had little poems on them. Like there's this one I found in this article. It's uh, It says, your vote from me, you will not get. I don't, you will not get. I do not want a preaching suffragette. So, <laughs> owned. Uh, here's another one. This is, uh, I Am I supposed to be looking a, at this thing right now? You can if you want. I mean, you yes, don't have I do. to. I do want. Uh, there's one with a, a snake with a top hat on, which is, that's pretty nice. Classically Victorian there. And the, uh, the poem reads, I'm not attracted by your glitter for well, I know how very bitter my life would be if I should take you for my spouse, a rattlesnake. Oh no, I'd not accept the ring or evermore twould prove a sting. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> so before I open this shit up, I'd had it open waiting on you to give me a cue or something before this. I literally thought that it was just, people writing bad things. I didn't know that they actually went all the way through with like having a cartoonist design these. You don't hit cards. Yeah. And they, and they did, they would like, some of them were like, like a Hallmark card. They're like right. boilerplate or standard, Stock. but not, yeah. but not all of them. Like they would like commission these, you know, <laughs> and get like a caricaturist to draw an unflattering cartoon picture of somebody who don't hit for them. Yeah. Complete with a poem about that person not hitting. Right. It, so it'd be hilarious if the person that this person was wanting to vinegar up was like an editorial cartoonist for a paper that they hated and they commissioned them to do a thing. And then they later received it in the mail telling them that they don't hit. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, how would you react genuinely? If you got to, you don't, cause that, I think not exclusively, but often in this part, I'm kind of like, come on now, if you're going to do it, do it. But do apparently it. a yeah. lot of them were anonymous. Yeah. That don't uh, hit. I agree. So if you got a vinegar Valentine, an anonymous vinegar Valentine in the mail, like how would you uh, react to that? I mean, like you said, we kind of get them all the time via yes. DMS and internet comments and stuff. But again, if you opened up like a card, what looks like a birthday card or something, and it's got a caricature of you with a massive bald head and then a poem about how you specifically do not hit, uh, how would well, you react to that? Because of what you just said about what we get in our DMs and under comments, I'm 
I, I'm sure that there would be a limit to which, like, eventually if I got so many, it wouldn't hit for me. But, like, you know me, and I know you. I think we would genuinely respect it to be like, yeah. you know, because most of these people, it's like, yeah, you, you call us queers on a comment because you can't think of anything else or, like, that's the least you can do. If I started getting these and they were, like, again, commissioning artists, I'd be like, I probably wouldn't like this person in real life. But I have to respect the fact that I don't hit for them so much that they went the extra mile to do this. I definitely would prefer getting these than just random DMs and comments. Like I know because first thing, it would be so much fun for us to share them with everybody in our various threads. You know, we'd have a real good time with that. Uh but yeah, I mean I, I don't know. Like it's the it's the workings of a lunatic, that's for sure. But it, I think right. it would hit for me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I agree. Like you said, you almost kind of have to respect it. Uh, this is one that they'd send to an ugly woman. Uh, I'm having trouble reading it, but the title of it is a face that would stop a clock. All right. And it says in prison, you ought to be doing some time for to wear such a face must surely be a crime. <laughs> if you amongst the gorillas had chance to be born, <laughs> They would have disowned you with loathing and scorn. <laughs> For a monkey, no matter how homely a brute, when placed beside you, would be would be Cute. ranked as a butte. Yeah. <laughs> a butte, yeah. You uglier than a monkey, than bitch. A monkey, that's, bitch. That's, yeah, that's... exactly. <laughs> Monkeys would think your ass is ugly. Like that's a <laughs> that's going pretty hard right there, man. That's so Victor a Victorian way to put it too. That's what's so great about all these is like it's shit talking, but it's poetic shit talking. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice. Like they used to be uh, you know, just better with word like even the like you know the refuse of the internet shittiest refuse yeah. yeah right exactly they were uh eloquent in their shit talking well the ones that could afford to commission things were at least i mean i'm sure there was plenty of like i'm sure there was plenty of amateur vinegar valentines which was just you know some peasant writing how someone sucked in his own poop and then like putting it on their door yeah. Here's another one. It's titled Hi Sour Puss. And the poem is Your scowl must give folks ulcers. Who could love you but your mother? We know that you aren't two faced, because if you were, you'd wear the other. <laughs> oh shit. shit. Oh shit. Hey, do you know I I've this is one of those things like Burgermeister where I've always wondered about it but didn't do the simplest thing, which would be to look it up. Why is it that your face and your mouth is called a puss? Like you, he's wearing a sour puss or get that puss off your face. Like why does it have anything to do with a cat? Because cats have always been called pusses, I believe. But like, do you know why it is that this is a puss? Um, puss meaning the face first appeared as a slang term during the 1880s. It's derived from the Irish term puss, P-U-S, meaning the lips and mouth. The origin of puss, meaning a cat, which first appeared in English during the 1500s, is less certain. So, hmm. I don't know. It was, uh, yeah. Especially, it came to mean a face, especially when sour-looking or ugly. Yeah. In, the late, in slang of the eight, late 1880s, but it doesn't really explain why. Uh, 
Yeah, because in The Sopranos, a lot of times, Tony will say something like, oh, I punched him right in his puss. And I'm like, that just sounds so violently different than what you actually mean. I Do they use puss in that way over there? The other uh, in, way? In it, our way? Oh, huh? uh, like, do they puss as in pussy? I don't know. They call it a fanny. Fanny. Like, I know. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Which, so, like, do they even use puss in that way? I have no I idea. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's... they're aware of it. You know, yeah, right. Like, but I don't know if they use it or not. Well, y'all send us some emails at puttingonairs at gmail.com because I know that we have uh, plenty of, of fans over there because they've been so kind as to send me uh, some gifts from abroad for my baby. So let us know if, if y'all say pussy or if it's just fanny. Uh, speaking of Victorians, I, I saw another thing about the Victorian era the other day that I thought was pretty wild. Did you know that uh, in the Victorian era, uh, suicide was a crime uh, viewed similarly as murder, as homicide was? So, like, if someone tried to kill themselves, right, yeah. and they failed, failed. Yeah. Uh, they'd be, like, tarred and feathered and drugged through the streets <laughs> and shit like that. Just That's, to really show them that life is worth living, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. like, but but they wouldn't kill them. They so, would just do sometimes. Sometimes they would, but not always. Sometimes, yes, your punishment for attempting and failing suicide was hanging. But yeah. sometimes it was. <laughs> no, here's how you do it. Yeah, right. But sometimes it was just uh, like public humiliation or flogging or whatever. Just you know the wacky, wild shit they used to do back then. But yeah, the I just never were hopelessly depressed. Like I always knew that it was technically illegal to commit suicide, but I never thought like I just always figured that surely if they it's one of those like, well, you, the, the the punishment is that you tried and failed. We shouldn't have to do anything extra to you. But thinking about someone being tarred and feathered for being depressed yeah, is right. very Victorian era. Yeah, I just wonder if they ever, like, didn't then finish the job after that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right, that, right. Like, did that ever, like, make somebody go, it, it oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that, you know? <laughs> now that I've been drugged through the streets and thrown into a trash pile, one of the many <laughs> trash piles around here, suddenly I understand uh, the value of life. Yeah, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> But uh, uh, we need to get into this vinegar card situation. We could probably make some and like sell them as digital downloads to our fans. You know, some putting on airs vinegar cards. Who would be the uh, targets of ours? Um, Your snobby buddy or something like that. Like the yeah, yeah, most uppity motherfucker. You know, yeah. Your um, friend that the, your friend that won't just let you listen to Spotify because it's like vinyl. It just it just takes so much the sound quality away. Like. That dude, the dude who won't shut up about beer, you know, I think that fits. Or just hipsters. Yeah, yeah, hipsters for sure. They get the yeah. vinegar valentines. We could also go the other way and do like, um, you know, just really pile on some poor unfortunate trash. <laughs> <Yeah. if you're laughs> <interested. laughs> We'd sell more of those probably, yeah. if I had yeah. to guess. Yeah, our people probably know more of those people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody that's, you know, we could do something for the fats. That'd probably yeah. get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it would get us in trouble. But I bet we could uh, we could have some primo offerings, though, if we oh, really yeah. set our mind to it. Um, 
yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, we'll never, never do, that, do but it. That's, but, uh, we, but yeah, you know. yeah, you're onto something there. Well, any of you cartoonists out there, email some uh, samples to put on airs at gmail.com and we'll share them on the show. If you want to make a vinegar valentine, the subject can be anyone and make it as nasty as fuck. Yeah, you could do that. You still be doing cameos? Mm-hmm. You could do, yeah, I quit them, but you could yep. do, uh, you could do like cameos of, of that. Uh, and, you know, yeah, make shit talking. Pay you X amount. And you'll write a poem about somebody that don't hit if you buy yeah. you a, yeah. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I've done the uh, less eloquent version, which is there have been people that like asked that they went to me on Cameo, which I believe is Cameo.com slash Corey Ryan Forrester, and they they were quitting their job and they wanted me to shit talk their boss so that they could send it to him in an email the day that their two weeks was up. So that's kind of a, you know, but it, but I didn't write a poem. I just like, uh, you know, like a. Like a friendly type of shit talk, or like no. a go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. I hope you die there type there of shit has talk. been there has been the friendly one too. Like you know, someone was leaving their job, and everybody wanted to wish them well on their journey. But hey, give them some ribbing about how they're leaving us, and we're a family. But no, there've been a couple where it was like, my boss is the biggest piece of shit in the world. I fucking hate him. But I want you to tell him that, and I'm going to send him the email. <laughs> and I was like, fucking A, $69 is $69, baby. I got I got a request once where somebody said their friend, their good friend, who they were both fans, their friend was at like a major crossroads in their life and needed like a pep talk, right? Yeah. And uh, and so I like, I mean, it was, like, it was like seven or eight minutes long. And I felt <laughs> like I like really was like deeply sincere and was like speaking because I think they were thinking about quitting their day job to pursue something. It was something I had like experience with kind of. Yeah. And I was just really speaking from the heart, really giving it, you know, like really laying it down in an uplifting way. I I thought, and then I later met the person who it was for at a show. And she was like, yeah, you made me that cameo whenever I was quitting my job or whatever. You remember that? And I was like, Oh yeah. And she was like, she was like, yeah, you're kind of all over the place. And I don't know if you're ever going to stop, but anyway, <laughs> But 
I appreciate that. It goes back to what we were saying about how I just, I ramble and I'm verbose <laughs> or whatnot. I was like, she'll really take this as a sign of like, you know, my care. I care. And yeah, I care right. cause I spent this amount of time on this, but apparently she was just sitting there like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. The fucking point, Thanks buddy. a lot. Not sure this was worth 50 bucks, you know, or however much <laughs> it used to be. Um, so yeah. Speaking of perhaps not being worth the money, I suppose we should talk now about strip clubs. Eh? Oh, that's right. Hey, let's talk about them. Well, what do you think about strip clubs in general? Well, so strip clubs to me is a thing that I really, 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 really love the idea of uh, because right. I'm at my heart a degenerate. You would think that strip clubs would be my favorite things in the world. The first time I ever went to one, um, is when I turned 18, my buddy Danny Pye, God rest his soul, uh, he took me to my first strip club. And my first experience was was wonderful. It was, um, oh, what's the one in Nashville called? There's like a chain of them. Deja Vu. Uh, deja Vu. Deja Vu. Yeah. So my first experience was wonderful because what they did was they had this gimmick where if you did come in on your birthday and, you know, they prove you're 18 and all that, they would then go get from their stock room a playboy from the year and month you were born and give That's it cool. to you. It yeah. is fucking cool. I wish I could find it. And you know, when you're 18, I mean, it's, it is paradise. All I wanted to do was see titties. That was great. Now, you know, the whole finding out you can't do nothing else about it kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, and that really leads me to my next point, which is like, I got all that on my phone now. Uh, so I don't need, because like we all have this, we all have this idea that like everyone in the strip club is filth, but us we, we're listen, we're in here uh, and we're just having to deal with all the filth that around it. But in reality, it's like in that moment, you're all filth. And I don't like the clientele of a strip club. You see the guys who were like genuinely thinking that they're hitting for the girls and nothing is grosser than a dude in a sweatsuit just looking like, Oh, I could fuck her, bro. Like it's just garbage, but like I'm for it. I'm absolutely for, I don't know if stripping is classified as sex work, but if it is, I'm for it. I if it's not, that it, I think it is. I think it's like okay. part of the sex industry or whatever. Right. I'm pretty sure. Well, we know that I'm a huge supporter of sex work, even if I don't myself participate in it. But that, that being said, like, I, I just would rather, I don't like doing anything. Like, it's hard enough to get me to go to a regular bar. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm with you. You ever at at a strip club? I have not at, at a strip club. I do have a yeah. pretty strict policy against that. And I always even though... felt the same way. But as you know, if anybody also listens to Well Read podcast this week, we talked about my birthday. Drew and Tushar buddies took me to a strip club in Portland. That's also a steakhouse. First time I'd ever. I didn't know it. They told me we were just going to a steakhouse. We get there and it's titties. Don't my head, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, uh, right. um, and uh, it was you know. Steak was cheap, but, you know, pretty good. It was funny because it's Portland, so it was like farm-to-table titty steak. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious to me. They've got some other ones in Portland. They've got a vegan strip club in Portland. They've got like <laughs> a like a lesbian-owned... This one ain't going to hurt for you. I, 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 this might have been a strip club, but it's... I think it was like a lesbian-owned... lesbian-owned lesbian not here for me? I ain't got there yet. Okay. A lesbian-owned sports bar strip club that exclusively shows women's athletics where you at on that <laughs> oh no yeah. 
bit of a hard like, pass. Sorry, I mean, ladies. if you're no if disrespect. you're in a place that only shows women's athletics, you better break out some titties to get some excitement in there. That's yeah. all I'll say about that. I did want to ask you something about the Portland Strip Club that I didn't ask you on Well Read, and I've been thinking about um, Portland, and I'm for this is uh, sort of a lot of people would consider the epicenter of quote-unquote wokeness, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I ask, how do women look? Uh, Strippery. Really? Okay, because I, no offense, but I could see a place. My holes bleached, if that's what you're wondering. Yeah, well, that's crazy, because, like, just (laughs) knowing Portland how I do and knowing how those types. I mean, tattooed, white girls with tattoos Yeah, yeah, okay. I just thought. That's a very Portland look, I feel like. I could just see Portland being like, we're inclusive. Here's a bunch of hairy, fat ladies dancing. Like, I could see that. Not in this one. Because it was so good. I don't like in. I don't like too much inclusivity <laughs> I don't, I don't, in a strip. Ladies ought not be dancing. Yeah, right. <laughs> like all different colors. Good. Sure, get her out of here. <laughs> no, obviously everyone should be allowed to chase their dream. I'm just saying those should be sectioned off, like smoking and non-smoking at a restaurant. Where it's like if you're into that kind of thing, you can go over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they do a lot of. They add titties to a lot of stuff in Portland. Like, yeah, they got like coffee shops where the baristas yeah. are got their titties Seattle out does that too, and whatnot yeah. uh so yeah they really get into it up there but uh so i was thinking about it and i was trying to look up like in my head in your head are there fancy strip clubs um i mean yes like i would say that like you know they have some in vegas where like you know they're well a they're also escorts and they're like the five thousand dollar a night places i would say that there's places that maybe they have a cover charge or everything's so expensive and they do that for the same reason that like an ex- a, a private golf course would make theirs so expensive and that is quote unquote to keep the riffraff out which we all know what they mean by that but i would definitely say that there's probably strip clubs that you or i would not be able to get into that hit real hard and every single one of the like it's like alexis texas strips here although alexis texas actually does a tour and just strips at some regular places so i don't know about that yeah well they uh do you know they be touring like that <laughs> like they do, I do sets? yeah i didn't yeah. know that they do tours yeah i've seen plenty of sign though that uh this is her stage name excuse the hell out of me gidget the midget used to come through <laughs> yeah Knoxville she did a lot. she did yeah. um so yeah no they go on tour yeah. yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, I thought for like, I was thinking it was gentlemen's clubs, right? Although, look, yeah. don't get me wrong. I've been to and seen places that are called a gentleman's club yeah. that were the opposite of high <laughs> end, right? But yeah. I thought that like, that that was the idea with gentlemen's clubs. Yeah, right. right. Was that they were like the fancier versions of it. And apparently, that was kind of true. Like, so first of all, gentlemen's clubs um, were a th- whole other thing entirely that had nothing to do with stripping uh, or titties. They were just clubs for dudes, just dudes right. being bros, right? They started actually in Victorian era England, actually. Really? That checks out. Where it was like where fancy lads could go and like be away from women and the yeah, public right. and shit and just sit there and smoke and talk about all the foxes they shot and you know oh, shit yeah. like that, right? Um, and then from what I my research, what I could find, the name was co opted 
by the like stripping industry by people trying enterprising strip club entrepreneurs who wanted to get the you know, the illusion of a more up uh, upscale place they co-opted the name gentlemen's clubs and according to wikipedia starting with uh scores in new york city and it said in like the late 80s or early 90s so really not that long ago um, would, and I, the idea was supposed to be and i guess this is what the idea was supposed to be they're going to call it that, and that way when your wife sees it on the credit card statement, she's just like, oh, he just went to a gentleman's club. That's fine. I mean, yeah, that was part of it, but it was just, you know, just trying to be like a nicer, more exclusive experience or whatever. But again, then as soon as that happens, fucking the mouse trash, is here, trash barrel yeah. trailer, uh, you know, places start calling themselves gentlemen's clubs, you know, and the whole thing just gets, just gets lost. But I tried real hard to find like a nice, like a definitive list of like the fanciest strip clubs in America or the world or whatever. And like a couple of the same ones kept coming up, but not any, nothing like, nothing like crazy, like private islandy or nothing. I think that right. those dudes, like they just get strippers to come to their them, house. They ship them yeah. in. They got yeah, right, exactly, and just set up their own strip club where the, in, in a place the poor's are not even allowed to know about, right? Uh, yeah. But there's like Spearmint Rhino in Vegas. There's uh, Magic City in Atlanta. Diamonds in Atlanta. Atlanta is arguably the, uh, the strip club it, capital of this country, by the way. Magic City, Mo where they got them lemon pepper wings. Yeah, Lou Williams. Uh, mm -hmm violated the rules of the covid bubble to yeah. eat them wings <laughs> they're called on the menu now the lou williams wings i think he earned it he earned it <laughs> that, it's a good segue into like i was gonna say almost all of the stories i could find about like extreme flossing in the strip yeah. club right like the most money ever spent in a strip club that type of thing pretty much all of them was rappers and, and the occasional basketball player, yeah. right? So you said Lou Williams. Uh, James Harden James Harden has his jersey retired at a <laughs> at a Houston strip club. They hung it from the rafters because of the amount of money that he spent in that place, reportedly. Uh, one of the funnier stories to me was like, well, obviously this part is not funny, the setup here, but like, do you remember the Astro World tragedy? Do you remember that that music festival where all those people got trampled to death because there was oh, no security wasn't good and all that shit? It was a rap festival, know. or yeah, I didn't. And that, rappers. that was it, yeah, that was um uh shit. This was recent, right? Mm, I mean, it was like shit. That wasn't pre COVID. It was it. Travis was like, Scott was it yes. the Travis Scott thing? That's recent yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's now, actually how I found out Travis like, Scott was a rapper because I thought he was literally just a top tier shoe designer. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did. So he makes his own shoes and they no, hit super super hard. He don't, he don't make his own. He designs. I didn't know that. He's got a collection for Nike um, that are super. They super hit and like you can never get them without ending up having to pay like four grand for them black market. And they're the Travis Scotts and like. Every other person I know that has their name ascribed to something like that is like they are a person in the shoe world or something. So when I saw these were the Travis Scotts, I was just like, okay, this is a super hip, young, new sneaker dude, and he's got to deal with Nike. And then when I heard about that, I was like, what the fuck is the shoe guy doing trampling hose at a fucking... And then somebody's right. like, he's a rapper. So Drake was also there, and Drake... 
made his first formal statement, his first public statement about the tragedy, I think like three days after it happened. And of course, his statement is like, I'm still reeling from this absolutely devastating situation. I never thought I would find myself in, you know, it's very sincere, heartfelt, right? But two days before that, so one day after Astro World, Drake was on Instagram throwing a million dollars on the floor of a strip club <laughs> somewhere in Texas or whatever. So he's like, you could look at his statement and be like, I'm torn to pieces over the, the impact of this tragedy. And then go to his IG and see him just like, you know, just trying to incite a part two booty cheeks clapping in front of his face <laughs> and shit. It's like, devastated, utterly devastated by the horrific outcome. Um, most, uh, most rappers, most, all the prominent rappers got stories of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars you have to even night yeah right like you that's just appearances yeah i was about to say that's uh that was what what that's what like losing two hundred thousand two hundred fifty thousand dollars at a strip club is genuinely an occupational hazard in the rap game like if you're not gonna be someone who got shot a bunch like 50 cent like you better and i'm not trying to generalize here and saying that every single rapper is just someone who goes to the strip club and throws money away, but like all the ones we've heard of do, you know what I mean? Like if you want to put your name out there, you go drop a dime at fucking magic city. J Cole go to the strip club and wrap them in blankets. You know, (laughs) does he actually have a line that says that? No, but, but that is shit he would say. Yeah. I fucking love J Cole. I do too. I love him. He's one of my absolute favorites, but you know, he kind of like, uh, up his own ass. He's sort of yeah. that way. That's about, why you like him, but he do. Yeah, you're right. That's Dude, true. he goes so hard. 2014, uh, Forest Hills uh, Drive, one of my, my all time favorite rap album, hip hop albums it's ever. It's probably, if it's not one, if it's not one, it's two. I'll say that. I fucking love him, but yes, he would, he would go save I mean, all still, the women. He still talk about hoes and stuff. He I do. Mean, he, he the he one do. who said. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. You know, so that's I'm, true. I'm being unfair to to Mr. Cole right now. He's but, very diverse. Um, they're not all or well. Okay. This one I got firsthand. So I, part of this you got, of course, you got to understand is that like these are prominent public figures, right? Right. It's like hard to find good stories of just yeah. like regular rich dudes and shit. Also, they're more just like you said, for rappers, it's the opposite of discreet. It's like, you know keeping up appearances or they, whatever. Yeah, like, they wouldn't what do, do if nobody but, was like, looking. Businessmen and like regular rich ass people oftentimes, you know, they don't want that to be I mean some of them do. Like that they fucking have Daniel NDA sign. guy, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that type of thing. So but I did hear a story from our buddy Smart Mark, uh, <laughs> from the Weekly Skews podcast for all y'all out there in the extended SKU universe. Smart Mark knew a stripper once that told her, told him a story about this guy. And I'm not going to say the city because this is like a very identifying feature that, you know, this dude isn't a public figure, but you can figure it out. But a major American city she worked as a stripper in. And in this major American city, they had this huge hospital in the city, like the hospital for the city. And the chief of cardiac surgery for that hospital, okay, was one of her main clients, all right? And... He'd get like private sessions. You go to his house and stuff, not fucking him according to her, but he wanted his like balls stepped on and that type of thing. Yeah. Right? Balls no, stepped that on, ain't candle wax. No, 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 that's no. not at all what's up to me. Candle but, wax, know, I could 
candle wax when somebody tells me it I, I go, that's not for me, but I do kind of get it. It's like that. It's not a lot of pain, but it's just enough to feel something. And like so many people that are into this type of thing, that's that's their whole deal is like, I just need to feel something. But dog, right. it ain't never for me going to be getting my balls stepped on. I mean, now that you put, I mean, obviously you're right about that. Now that you put it that way, it's like, I guess it kind of makes sense the job that he has because he's yeah. watched so many people die. You know yeah. what I mean? He's let so many people die. He probably can't feel anything anymore. Punish me. So it kind of makes sense in a way. But anyway, he that guy paid her, the stripper that Smart Mark knew, he paid her a lump sum. And at the end of this, I, I want you to guess what you think the lump sum was. He paid her a lump sum, too. This was like after the, you know, they'd done all the ball stomping, all this stuff. Their relationship had mm-hmm. evolved to this point. He pays her a lump sum to uh, choke him out in the in the parking garage of his hospital so like after he gets off work choke him out and abduct him put a hood over his head throw him in the trunk of the car right and he's got to be unconscious if if he ain't unconscious it don't hit for him like she's got to successfully knock him out put him in the trunk of the car drive him to an undisclosed location but it's just like her apartment she don't have undisclosed locations right she's a fucking mobster and uh hold keep him prisoner as a slave and a gimp, right, for seven days in a dark, locked room, right? And uh, so she she, she had to, like, she told Mark she had to, like, get on the shadier parts of the internet to learn how to choke a man out in, yeah. you know, X amount of time or whatever. She successfully choked him out, got him abducted, took him, to the, took him back to her place, locked him in the closet, right, and just left him in there, right? Maybe sliding shit under the door, give him some water or whatever so he don't literally die, but that's it. Well, and this was part of it. He knew this. He's in there peeing and pooping on himself, right? Or in the corner yeah. or whatever. Like, he's got nowhere else to go. That's part of it. He's covered in filth now. It's, oh, he's, he's dick so hard, right? Loving it, right? <laughs> uh, got poop all over me. I'm a fucking, I'm a gimp in a dark hole. Ugh. And what more do you Finish want? Finish on my right? face, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's doing this, but her neighbors start to complain because they the smell his <laughs> poop. Right. They smell it's like your place smell like poop. Right. And they got like the superintendent, this building super or whatever involved and all this shit. And so she had to call it off after either three or four days. It was supposed to be for a week. So she got about halfway through and then she called it off and let him go. But he did still pay her the full amount because uh, she wasn't accepting anything less. I don't think it was on the table for him to not pay her the full amount, even though right. she cut it halfway short. So that is the escapade, Joe. What do you think? He paid her to do that. Okay. Now, uh, I had one specific question, but I think you just answered it. This is not something that went on, you know, in perpetuity, like every time he had a week off. This was a, this one-time, was a one-time thing, as I understand it. Yeah. That does change it a little bit for me. I'm going to, God damn it, I don't know what, whether to go real high. I, I don't want to be too wrong. I'm going to say $1.2 million. You're so so far off, bro. And I thought in, that you in might which be. direction? You're way too high. Way. Oh, too that's high. way. T- oh my god. Okay. I know. Uh, I, know. Uh, I hear you. That's why I wanted you to guess because I thought two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. That's it. I know, right? Hell, I'd have done it for him for ten. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying like, <laughs> dude, that's what I thought too. I was like, twenty grand. Look, twenty grand's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but like. That's a fucking hell of a thing. Yeah, right that's a hell. There. That's like you're committing like, technical crimes. Like you would think that my 
not for him to offer, but you would think she would have negotiated. And I, she probably did negotiate of. He probably came in with something, and she's like, okay, but, like, you're going to be shitting in my closet. Yeah, dude. So, she's going to have to clean all that up later and everything. Well, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of her slave. She could probably make him up. I'm sure he probably would clean it up before he left. But still, dude, sure. she's got to be in that house with his poop smell. <laughs> I don't know. Him and her probably jerking off into his own poop and everything like while you're trying to watch the real housewives like that don't yeah and i don't know what uh, major city this is you'll text me later of course but like 20 in some major cities twenty thousand dollars like oh good my rent's paid for three months you know like i don't know like it it would i would need a lot more money to i would need a lot more money to do this to someone i hate you know what I mean? Like someone I hate, if they were like, I want you to knock me unconscious and put me in your fucking closet for a week, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I hate you and all that sounds fun. But like, again, I'm going to have to clean up your poop. So. Right. So, yeah, those were some of the, that's the uh, rich people stories I have of strip clubs. And like I said, in gentlemen's clubs, supposed to be the, ostensibly the fancier ones, but I, we all know it's not really the case anymore as far as trashy strip clubs go and then i want to do a brief history of the the profession or the establishment yes, itself uh, but trashy strip clubs what i'm more familiar with frankly Me you too. referenced it earlier in knoxville <laughs> tennessee there's a place called the mouse's ear which i've always thought is a pretty great it strip is club name. Tell, like, tell them why it's called that because it's tighter than a mouse's ear you know oh i thought it's because a mouse's ear looked like a pussy well, I mean, same, you don't know the phrase tighter than a mouse's ear? I maybe have heard it. It's like a redneck saying for a, you know, well, that makes, well, that regime. makes, that makes way more sense. My, my but I mean, I get, maybe, maybe the saying exists because of what you said. Yeah. So you're like, you're not fully wrong, but yeah, because tighter than a mouse's ear. That's, yeah. That's why. Cause I remember first pussy I seen, uh, I thought it looked like, <laughs> it looked like, uh, and they're all different, but it looked like a dog's ear when it had its car head out the car window. You know what I mean? It kind of <laughs> had that. And so naturally, when I heard Mouse's ear, I was like, yeah, that's a hidden ear to have as a pussy, you know, if you're going to have one of yeah, them. But you know, you'll see some like, uh, you know, C-section scars, things yeah, of that nature. That's what's up. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> real people. Yeah. Real people. I'm like fucking, uh, uh, what's his face? in uh in that song i want the the cellulite the 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 richard Pryor afro like all that shit you know that's uh kendrick you mm-hmm. know show me the real shit like i don't need to i mean like, don't get me wrong i like a good perfect woman but only if she just naturally happens to be that way i mean i like the fake titties too i ain't gonna lie but what's the nicest one you ever been to um probably that one in washington we all went to i didn't go with y'all you didn't go with us? Um, no, I can't, Katie, I mean, Katie and the boys were in town with me that That's weekend. right. They were like no, two and three, so no, I didn't go to the strip club. <laughs> I just remember that, like, I've only been to, like, three or four, three or four times, by the way, not I've been to three or four multiple times. I've only been, like, three or four times, and uh, two of them were very much the mouse's ear type situation. Uh, then you've got, uh, oh no, I went to a couple in Myrtle Beach and they were about what you'd figure. Um, it was a bunch of people thinking that they were fancy, but they were trash. And then that one in Washington, and it stands out to me as like, this was the nicest, like it was super clean in there. I remember the lighting was like really good and pristine. 
and uh, they had there was one specific dancer that like she majored in showing her butthole, and uh-huh. I've never seen and it's it, a popular like, major, yeah, it it is, and because like when I first you know the butthole has like it's always been around, but it's sort of like on a come up as of the last 10 something years. That's like, true. I feel it, like, yeah, it really is like eating booty. That's a thing. And like, so like, I feel like when I first went to strip clubs, like it was just like, no titties and butts and pussies. But then the butthole really started getting its shine. And then, uh, so this one girl was like showing her butthole. And it's funny because for some reason in my mind, I was like, this is classy. This is, this, yeah. this makes it a classier, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty nice. But I left feeling like I always do, which is like I would have so much rather been at Dave and Buster's. Yeah, I went to for my bachelor party. My buddy sent me to one in Atlanta called the Pink Pony, and it was pretty yeah. pretty fire. I used to know pretty a girl fire. that worked there. Her name was Corey Forrester. Uh, okay. That's how we knew each other because on the early days of Facebook, there wasn't a lot of people there. So when people would type in Corey Forrester, just us two popped up. And so she messaged me. She's like, ha ha, same name. And then we talked for a little bit and I was like, what do you do? And she was like, I show my butthole at the pink pony or whatever, you know? So yeah, I'm sure she's not there anymore because that was no, probably 15. Yeah, yeah, right. That's not what we think should happen. That just she's at the Claremont Lounge now. I was about, I, I was just about to say, yeah, when that happens, you go to the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta, yeah. a legendary place known for uh, giving some old 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 begging some shine up there, like <laughs> yeah. non non traditional. It does yeah. hit, yeah. Legendary establishment. So stripping. Uh, the term strip tease was first recorded in 1938, but stripping goes back at least 400 years. And I'd say, you know, I would think probably longer, uh, you know, it's like they say prostitution's world's oldest, oldest profession. You know what yeah. I mean? We're just like, but who, what, what the person get... do to make the money to pay them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Poop farm. I don't know. What. Yeah. They could just give them a big rock. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Turkey <laughs> leg that they stole <laughs> and somebody else with a big rock. Uh, <laughs> Somebody that had turkey leg money. Um, <laughs> that, for example, there's a in a in a novel from 1681. There's a line from a character that says, "Be sure they be lead, they be lewd, drunken, stripping whores." So uh, they were, you know, at least calling them stripping whores back as far as 1681. <laughs> um, there was. There's also a book from 1707 where they describe the act of women stripping and stuff and like that as a party. But uh, apparently, you'll never guess this, where a huge uh, influence on stripping as it came to the fore, it was based in one of the most famous pursuits of the Western world, colonialism, right? <laughs> uh, so when all these countries... We'll be having France, them close, see? Yeah, when France was going into North Africa and just Frenching <laughs> the place up, right? There were, uh, there was, you know, belly dancers, right? You've seen the, you know, the belly dancer things like the hit for me. Yeah, right. Sure. Well, that was like a thing they saw and immediately stole and they, you know, started getting French white bitches to do it and stuff like that. But also (laughs) more exotic, you know, natives of the Orient, you know, or whatever (laughs) they call them (laughs) to come dance in their, uh, in their, you know, their reviews and things like that. A lot of whom were, many of whom were just white women. Like, do you know, you ever heard of Matahari? Matahari? 
Matahari. I think Matahari might be a cool subject for it, you in the future. Maybe is, is this the is this blackface but China face, Egypt face more like Egypt face like yeah. uh, you know it, yeah sort of Matahari was like a famous belly dancer and whatnot with that name Matahari, but really she was just a white lady from uh she was Dutch. She was from <laughs> Dutch. That's Denmark, right? That's yeah, Netherlands. Sure. Netherlands. Yeah. Denmark's uh, Danish, right? Netherlands is Dutch. Holland? Which is also the Netherlands, right? Yeah, I it thought do like, get confusing, I thought the Dutch is just what you called all them. Like, oh yeah, they're the what? Dutch. Like the Netherlands and Holland and I know That's it's not place, I'm pretty sure. See? Well, there you go. I'm right. Yeah, this was but, literally in an episode of Seinfeld where fucking George couldn't figure out who the Dutch is, and I'm just now realizing I'm still George in this moment because I didn't learn. Deutschland? Yeah, Deutschland is actually what the rest of the world, I think, well, the non-English-speaking world calls Germany. I okay. Think. Like, which has always been wild. Did you know that that's like a thing? Like, there's like a lot of the names we call countries... Ain't their name in English is like not what the name of it is in their own language or in like other languages and shit. For example, Germany is Deutschland. I, I mean, I guess I, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I think Japan's another one's called like Nippon or something like that. Uh, but I don't know it anyway. That's wild, but yeah, the Dutch are yeah. Germanic people living in the Netherlands, yeah. And N- Netherlands and Holland are the same place. So it's funny we needed to look that up. That's just yeah, like we're, very basic European geography yeah, but there. But we got our own shit going on. Our, yeah. I, that's, yes. They that, don't that know the difference between American Alabama strength. and Nebraska. I guarantee you that much. No, but they know like way more about America than we know about Dutch place. Yeah, because we're in the news. Because we fucking hit. How about yeah, that? Right. We're number one. That's right. We've got a cultural it. victory going. Um, Anyway, so he started doing that. There was a notable early routine called the Dance of the Bee show. Uh, the Dance of the Bee was when a woman would, uh, <laughs> a dancer would gradually disrobe as she was searching for an imaginary bee in her clothes. Oh. Right? They'd also do it like a flea or an insect. So it's like, I don't know if they needed like a pretense or something. Like right. if that yeah, was. The- like oh this would be dirty otherwise i'm not saying that's what it is because it doesn't say that in here but i just wonder but it's like it's like i'm not just showing my titties i gotta get this bee out of my clothes right so a couple couple thoughts number one i think that the final act should be her pretending to have been stung by a bee and convulsing naked on the floor uh number uh two d williams uh who is a legendary porn star in the MILF category, or at least that's what she's in now, you know, uh, and Dee's a friend of mine. And so I saw that her she put out a poll not too long ago that was basically asking if people really required a storyline in their porn. And some people, it, the, op, the options were like, no, just let me see fucking. Then there was like, uh, I need an entire full story with three acts and blah, 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 blah. And then one of them was like, I do really like at least a basic setup to get me going. And that one had the most at like, I don't know, like 82% or something like that. So I do think that people, you know, the B thing is not too far off. Like people do like a little uh, um, joie de vie. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I didn't even think about this when it happened, but like, so yesterday I'm out here in the guest house slash studio trying to take, not trying, taking a big old poop, right? There and, you go. Uh, Country shit. Katie recently has like gotten into gardening because it was a long running joke that she could kill a cactus, right? She yeah, didn't grow yeah. shit. And I guess <laughs> that didn't hit for her. And I wasn't running a psyop or anything, trying to get her to like, you know, like gaslight her into making, growing me some peppers or nothing. I wasn't doing <laughs> yeah. that. But I think maybe that's what has happened because she's like doubled down and really started to start gardening and she's doing yard work and all this shit. And it's been like a thing lately, right? So I'm sitting out here on the toilet. And all of a sudden, she's like banging on the door and screaming. And she's like, Trey, I'm covered in ants. And she had <laughs> ants all over. And she's like jumping around and freaking the fuck out. And I was like, I'm pooping. I can't, you know, like, I yeah. wonder what the hell I was supposed to do about it anyway. And uh, that sucks because that a hit to see. Me doing something about it? No, her being covered in ants. That would have been right, yeah. really good entertainment. Yeah, but so uh, anyway, I'm sure it was at least slightly less sexy than the Dance of the Bay was because she was losing her shit. Uh, <laughs> but she survived, everybody. Fret not. Who the, but, yeah, um, like who the fuck would look for a bee in their clothes in a sexy way? That's the part that don't make sense. Right. Like who in the world would be like, oh, I think I've got a bee in my shirt. Let me just pull a titty out of this little hole and see if it's in there. Like, no, you freak the fuck out. Well, apparently they did it a lot. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I guess I won't tell you the rest of the story about Matahari, and you can just look it up because people probably know. Uh, but it's pretty wild. It's not just that she was a white girl pretending to be like Egypt or whatever she was pretending to be while showing her butt. There's like way more to it than okay. that. Okay, well, uh, text me after this so I can do maybe next week's on Matahari because that would be cool. So, okay, so this is in like the late 1800s. Belly dancing gets popularized at the World's Fair in Chicago in the, in the 1880s. And like <clears throat> now it's like spreading around at all these like burlesque houses and, and like I said, reviews and vaudeville shit and stuff like that in America and Europe, right? And uh, they obviously, this was like in a lot of places a more uh, uh, Puritan or Puritanical time. Right. So like people, you know, this wouldn't hit for people necessarily. People you can't have people get naked all the time and whatever else, right. you know, not back then. Uh, and so they would have these rules and shit. And the way they got around these rules was pretty wild. Like uh, there was in England, they had a rule that like. The rule was written to where it's like there, you couldn't um, a woman couldn't dance or gyrate while nude. Right. So just had to stand they, there. Yes. And, uh, they would just stand there and that was part of a thing. They also, that was enough, that became its own, a whole popular other type of thing called tableau vivant, oh, tableau yeah. vivant, which <laughs> meant like living picture. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, just and that's where they would have people stand totally still. Like, it's a picture, but it's people, right? And it wasn't all titties. They'd do this with all kinds. It was, like, just a popular thing for a while, like living pictures. Yeah. They started doing titty versions of it, right? And uh, because they couldn't move, but obviously you've got to watch a chick stand there naked. So they found up with some pretty – came up with some pretty creative ways to get around all that. Can I guess? Yes. Okay. So they had her stand there, but then they had one of those, like – old timey ab workout machines that was just a strap of leather that vibrated and they would put that on her so she would jiggle but she wasn't technically the one doing it 
you're not far off. They had like a series of ropes and platforms and stuff that like they would stand on the rope, whatever. So she's not moving, but people would like puppeteer her around while her, you know, titties is out and stuff. So like <laughs> she's technically not moving, but she's being moved. Right. Um, and the other thing that they would do was they would use, they would use like fans and they'd have assistants that have fans, you know, oh, yeah. all this shit. And like, they'd do a dance covering everything up with the fans or the assistants would be covering them up with the fans and stuff while they're moving all sexually. Wow. And then they would freeze and they take the fans away. And so she's standing there like, here's all the goods. Yeah. Right. But I ain't moving anymore. Right? right. So it's not against the law. Right. So they found it's some interesting. So dumb. It's so goddamn dumb how the past be. Cause like I under, I can understand no titties, no nakedness, but I can't understand them coming to some sort of compromise like, okay, but you can't move. You know what I mean? It's either Well, like I mean, I don't think they intended it to be that way. Like they thought of, you know, uh I I think it was more like they just outlawed it, but they did so in such a way that it left loopholes in the law. Oh, right. So it's like okay. So people were uh exploiting those loopholes right. the way rich people do with taxes and stuff. Right. That's, that's my that's understanding. No, no, no. I don't think sense. they were saying like, we're okay with this. It was more yeah, just right. like people were like, eh, hey, technically <laughs> we're not, we're not doing anything. Right. Uh, so yeah. And then it got, uh, it popularized the, uh, pole dancing and all that, the poles inclusion and all that. That's, uh, that came from America. Okay. Uh, was it yeah. always the long steel bar or was there some as far as I know, I think wood, it came it from San Francisco in the seventies. Um, and like that became the standard, the current standard, the American strip club format or whatever is pretty much the global standard at this point. Right. Uh, cause it became, um, uh, you know, what's the word? Not franchise, but it just, you know, gained popularity around yeah, the world right. starting in the sixties and seventies. And then, you know, and then, like I said, in the ni early 90s, that's when they tried to make up scale places, called them gentlemen clubs. That didn't particularly work. And then uh, now here we are. And that's that's pretty much it. That's strip club. I will say, as a fan of the theater myself and performances, like, I have been to strip clubs where, like, sometimes the girl wouldn't even use the pole. Like, she'd just get out there and shake her shit. And, like, for my money, like, it seeing, like, seeing her do the pole stuff, like, Honestly, she could be fully clothed or in the bikini. I'm just like, I like sitting there and going like, God damn, like she must work out her core unimaginably, you know, like I, that part of it. That's the only thing I'm there for is seeing the fucking like, oh, I bet she tried to be in the Olympics. The acrobatics. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild. Like yeah, some of the shit some of them can do. It's fucking, it's something else. You ever seen one eat shit? I don't think I have. Not. Eat. I don't mean poop. No, oh, not like eat poop. Like That's fall. Thing. I've yeah. I've seen videos on Reddit of a stripper like falling down and million dollar baby in herself. <laughs> 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 yeah, which did hit. Which did hit super yep. hard. Well, you want right. to take a break and then we'll learn about William yeah. of uh, Ockham. Ockham. I would Ockham. love to learn about this uh, clever peasant motherfucker. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Right okay. after this. That's right, baby. The NFL draft is here, and the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends Manscaped. Manscaped 
has long had elite downfield play with their lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023, baby, they have the rookie sensation, the Beard Hedger, coming to ensure the face of your franchise is a pretty one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any home GM. So go to manscaped.com and save some salary cap with our code POA for 20% off plus free shipping y'all have heard me talking about this uh the the hedge trimmer and all that for a very long time as i've said a million times my favorite thing is the ball deodorant because i like to keep them smelling really good but my favorite thing about this new the beard hedger is that you don't have all the apparatuses you don't have you don't have to have like all the different guards it's just one you click it up or you click it down it's fantastic it's simple and y'all know that i need simple stuff try tell them more about our friends over at manscape well this year manscape can help you make the sexy pick without forgetting about your big uglies up front that's right the beard hedger and lawnmower 4.0 are franchise changing combo that will have you looking at your roster with pride everybody who saw the super bowl knows what can happen with poorly managed grass that type of ball playing field quality would never happen with the lawnmower 4.0 this elite electric trimmer is a lock for first round talent. Just look at its explosive talent with RPM. With all that power, the lawnmower is still the most nimble on the field with its skin safe technology, which reduces your nicks and snags while making all the right cuts on your hair. In the season of trimming the roster, Manscaped will make sure you're cutting all the right players and not any important pieces to your D. You've done the dirty work now. It's time to make sure you look good out there with the Beard Hedger and its 20 positions of precision. This powerful cordless trimmer helps you customize your look with a rotary wheel that has 20 links while only using one guard. In football, having a deep O-line may be a good thing, but in the bathroom, more than one guard is just a mess. Plus, its tough titanium blades and single-stroke efficiency can have you go from a bushy Matt Patricia to a sleek Sean McVay (laughs) in no time. If you haven't upgraded your grooming tools already, head to Manscaped for a champion's worth roster reset. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code POA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code POA. Go from Mr. Irrelevant to a first-round pick with Manscaped. And as always, no nicks and cuts on your dicks and butts. Skew. back everybody it's time for history of professor cho on the subject of billy aki william of ockham they call him that's it apparently he's a jumped up peasant thought he knew how to talk so that's the impression i'm getting i have no idea who this guy is so you do you do actually but we'll get really? to it later you do but we'll get to it later was this william uh, shakespeare is he from Ock- <laughs> no he's from he just called- no actually so uh, William Ockham, his name, uh, like most names, like they didn't really have surnames. It was just where, you know, you were, you were from. Uh, so he was from Oak Hamlet and a lot of people just split or just combined that. And it was Ockham. So he was William of Ockham. 
Uh, he was born in Ockham, Surrey, England in 1287. So, you know, way on back there. He joined the Franciscan Order in 1306 and began his studies at Oxford University. Now, the Franciscan refers to the followers of the three orders within the Catholic Church founded by Francis of Assisi, namely the Third Order of, of St. Francis, the Order of St. Clair, and the Order of Friars Minor. Uh, so he's at Oxford, he receives his bachelor degree, and he starts teaching, then he's sent to the University of Paris to study theology. Uh, he here's, here's where you know him from. And I just wanted to get to a little bit of his backstory before we, bef so that this isn't uh, philosophy with Professor Cho, so it's history with Professor Cho. Uh, he returned to England, and he's accused of heresy for his criticisms of the Pope and the Church. He fled to Avignon, France, uh, the seat of the papacy at the time, to seek protection. His criticisms, by the way, were that the Pope and all the higher-ups at the Church were full of shit because they wouldn't take a vow of poverty like the Bible says that they should. Uh, but he, this guy, he's a huge believer, and so he did. He took this vow of poverty. He basically owned the clothes that he wore, and I guess he just kept washing them over and over again. And, and he now he's looking at the popes. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I. It says right here in the book that we're not we're supposed to wear poor men's clothes, and so of course the pope and them they were just like, oh well, yeah, I mean, you know, it says that, but like, you know, what well, what really hit. constitutes. Yeah, well, we did. We hit and like, and 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 really, what constitutes poor man's clothes? And Occam probably said something like, "I don't know, something without rubies in it." You know, mm -hmm. would that would be a start? Uh, he writes a he writes a letter to Pope John defending that's his not view. a big sack. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a big sack. Exactly. That's, what, that's what we wear out here. So, there was some sack wearing motherfuckers back then, dude. So he's this dude that's got a lot of theories and a lot of thoughts. And even though he was a devout Christian, he also criticized the Bible. And to him, criticizing the Bible wasn't saying, hey, none of this is true. It's just that we have to look at these things rationally. And a lot of them really don't make sense uh, because I've got this I've got this theory, uh, which is, uh, you know, here's 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 how my theory goes. It states uh, that plurality should not be posited without necessity, right? So, like, when we're trying to figure out something, you usually go with the simplest explanation. You start adding on a bunch of other oh, stuff, and it doesn't make sense. This dude had a hit and razor. Yes, he was. did have a okay. hit and razor. So this is Occam. And so, like, he again, he believed in the Bible, but he was just like, some of this don't make sense, and that's fine. It's just that the way he didn't like the way that they were translating it. Because at the end of the day, when the when the Bible gets translated, whoever is doing the translating gets to add their stank to it. They get to be like, that don't hit. When I translate it, I'll leave that part out. So this is Occam's razor. This is this this whole dude. He was a he was actually because I didn't know, dude. I never knew who fucking Occam was. I heard Occam's razor, and I was like, that's just the thing that's said, you know. Uh, and I, I knew also that Occam was. A, I just I knew that it meant some dude named Occam's razor, but I only ever knew him for his razor, and I didn't know nothing else about him, and I didn't know his real name was Bill or none of that shit. Uh, but, yeah. but I, what you like. You talk about how, oh, he criticized the church, he gets in trouble, all this shit. Like, 
how did that work back then? Like, wh- like he didn't because ha- he didn't have a blog or anything. Right. Like it's the twelve hundreds. You said the seat of the papacy was in France. He's in England. Like, is it all just word of mouth? Like people would be like, "Hey, you heard this dude in England yes. in Surrey is talking shit," and they're like, "What's he saying?" And then he gets summoned, or like, what? Like, how's all that work? You just go out in the streets and talk shit, and yeah, then people he, tell people you talk shit. That's the only way it worked. Yeah, and so like, like I said, he writes a letter to the Pope, who is Pope John the. 22nd that's xx11 right 22nd yeah they'd already had 22 john i know dude that makes sense i guess yeah i guess so but he's defending his views and he's arguing that the pope has no authority over matters of faith and doctrine the pope of course rejected his arguments and issued a decree forbidding anyone from teaching or defending his ideas but here's the deal then of course they excommunicate him. And the reason they excommunicate him was they thought that the decree forbidding anyone of talking about his teachings would work. But like the reason that he's not even dead at this moment is because he really hit for people like, and you got to think about this too. Nowadays, because he's considered, he's what would be now considered a rationalist, you know, which frankly it was when I found out that this dude was super devout, religious and a monk, uh, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm an asshole for saying it, but the furthest from my mind was he was a huge Christian. You know what I'm saying? Cause it like, it, it can seem to go against all of that. Um, but th- people really fucking liked him because they were fed up with how corrupt the Pope and things were. And he's kind of the one that brought to light how all this stuff worked because like he found out that the Popes were actual they were actual landowners. A lot of people didn't believe that back at the time. They're like, no, well, they live on all this land, but those are the people's land. But they were actually profiting from the land. It was theirs. They had the deed for it. This goes directly against the Bible. This is part of the reason that Jesus fucking flipped over the the, the money changers mm-hmm. tables and shit. And so everybody's just kind of like, I don't know, this guy seems to make sense. So they excommunicated him. But my point about it, it him being so wild is that me or you today saying all these things, there is a 0% chance we will get in trouble. Maybe we would, like, the only risk we have in saying uh, outlandish thing. which I'm not saying this is outlandish, but the only consequences we have for, like, bucking the norm is, like, maybe we'd lose a sponsor on the podcast, or maybe people would unfollow us on Twitter. Back then, they literally had the power to burn yo ass to death for mm-hmm. e- for even saying out loud, I don't know about that as it pertained to the Bible, but they couldn't kill him because like he just had the love of the people. And after he's excommunicated, he flees, he flees, he flowed, he fled to Munich where he was welcomed by the Holy Emperor Louis V, who him, him and the Pope didn't hit for each other. I don't know if he necessarily liked William, but he was like, yeah, you don't like the Pope. Pope don't hit for me. You can come hang out over here. Uh, he was also... He was also involved in the debate over the nature of Christ, known as the Franciscan controversy. He argued that Christ and the apostles, this is what I was saying earlier, lived in absolute poverty while his opponents claimed that like, no, Jesus had possessions. He had all sorts of shit. Because you know that's a real thing, that there's some people that are like, no, Jesus was actually born of privilege. He was a wealthy man. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a prosperity gospel, isn't it? Yes. Like all these like televangelists and stuff with their private jets and shit, they try to argue that like Jesus wanted them to hit wanted people to hit real hard money wise 
I just never, obviously, you know, I'm Bible dumb. I never understood how they got past the whole like eye of the nade, you know, camel would, through an eye of the nade. It would be and easier for a, tables and all that shit. Like it seems pretty explicit to me. No, it is. Jesus it, did not want people to be uh, super rich and flossing all the time, but it's somehow super, they argue it and they convince people otherwise obviously dude it's super clear and like you know i'm not the religious type nor are you but i do when i look at a christian type like this william ockham dude i would have liked him because i would have been like okay the the thing i hate the most about a religious person is that they don't do even a fraction of the shit that they or do like i don't believe in it but this guy believed in it and took a vow of poverty. He was a monk and he stood up to the church. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, just a couple more on his background. I really just want to talk about Occam's razor and us give some examples of Occam's razor and shit, but I thought it would be nice to talk about his background. And I hoped, and I, I can't believe this. I was like, I'm just going to call it William of Occam and maybe Trey won't know. But then I was like, no, nah, as soon as I say Occam, he's going to go, is that the guy with the razor? And you didn't. So it worked perfectly. No, nope. um, so in 1333, uh, he was accused of heresy again and was summoned to appear before a papal commission in Avignon because that that's where Avignon was, where uh, the, the papal uh, place wasn't in Rome for the first time in like a very, very long time. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I didn't know it was ever not in Rome. It was in Avignon for a while because I don't know. I would love to know. Probably because they known. got a French Pope, and the French Pope That's, was like, he was like, I'm going to stay yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not going to move. I don't have for me. What's wild Bring to me the that Lord here. Being, being Pope used to be like, it's like, oh, you have to be from Rome. And I guess they found this dude who like hit real hard, and they were like, God damn it, he'd make a good Pope. So now it's in France. Uh, he was accused of her heresy. He refused to go, and so he was placed under house arrest in Munich, and that is where he died in 1347. Uh, it was not called Occam's Razor at the time, by the way. Uh, it, that was about 500 years after he died. And let's talk. Let's talk about just in case anybody wasn't listening. Occam's Razor, um, also called the Law of Economy or the Law of Parsimon Parsimony, uh, principle stated by the scholastic philosopher William of Ockham. And this is this is what it says in the language that he would have said it in, which is that. Pluralitas non est pondinda sine necessitate, which means plurality should not be posited without necessity. The principle gives precedence to simplicity of two competing theories. The simpler explanation of an entity is to be preferred. The principle is also expressed as entities are not to be multiplied beyond uh, necessity. But in 500 years later, they people start talking about this, and they're like, "Oh, that was that Occam's guy." So they started calling it Occam's Razor. Do you know why it's called why where, where the razor came from? No, because he shaved off all the bullshit, dog. Oh, for real? Yes, you take something, and Occam's Razor shaves off all the unnecessary shit, and you're left with the simplest explanation. Uh, but that is for me. This is obviously, I mean, he made it famous, but it was not, which wasn't the first time this was posited. But this is wild that it was ever attributed to Occam, in my opinion, because another guy who basically said the same thing was Aristotle, who once said, we may assume the superiority, other things being equal, of the demonstration which derives from fewer postulates or hypotheses, which is 
the same the thing as what he. It's the same goddamn thing. It's not like Aristotle didn't hit either. You that's know what, what I'm mean? saying. Like, 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 how did Occam get away with just aping Aristotle like that? Like, that should, should be Aristotle's I, razor. I don't know. And the thing is, is Aristotle that, had so many so many other things yeah. he was hitting with. You know what I mean? And like, well, let Billy have this one. Um, a more modern example would be when, in an episode of the popular TV show The Office, character Kevin Malone famously said, "Why waste time? Say lot word when few words do, do trick." Do trick. Yeah. Uh, but th but the thing about Occam is, is that he wasn't out there for popularity points and stuff. Like he wasn't trying to sell tickets to lectures. He was just lecturing out of the w good of his heart. And I'm pretty sure that like he even quoted Aristotle a lot. Like he was like a quote-unquote student of Aristotle and that's probably where his came from and I guess one day he just said it in a ironically simpler way and so it was just okay this is a uh, this is that this that Occam motherfucker um and like there's there's so I, I can't where are you at on Occam's razor as a principle uh I think it's very useful in a lot of ways meaning like uh I think there's plenty of times where like I like tend to problem solving. Shit. Yeah. I, you know, I tend to overthink shit, let my mind run wild with variables and stuff like that. And so I understand the practicality of being like, now listen, it's probably just, you know, all things being equal, the simplest explanation is probably the correct one or whatever. Like, and I, I get that, but I mean, like, you know, sometimes it ain't. Yeah. Right. I mean? like, like combustible like, engines exist. Like sometimes, well, what do you mean? Well, I mean that like it, it. Some things are complicated, and they have to be complicated in order to even be. You know what I mean? That might have been a bad right. example, but like well, sometimes, because his thing is supposed to be like trying to explain. Like, if you're looking for an explanation for something, right? Something yeah. that exists. And it's like don't needlessly complicate it with all right. these extraneous variables and stuff. If it's if they're not necessary, right? which is why it don't hit for you. Right, because I'd stay doing that. Yeah, I'd, right. <laughs> I extraneously add all kinds of variables to everything, and that's you know, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's not that it don't hit for me. I can appreciate the the profundity of it because I do have that penchant. Uh, but uh, but like, you know, sometimes no. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Sometimes no. And the two, the two, uh, like basically, I think people need to know that it's not a. It's not a, a scientific truth. No. It's right. a suggestion of, like, it's a most of the time this thing. Because, like, two things that I wanted to point out, and I only found one source on this, and it looked like it may have just been opinion, but it, but according to something I read, uh, one of Occam's criticisms of the Bible or one of the ways that he was he was trying to explain away the miracles, and basically it was like, yeah, Jesus probably didn't walk on water because that's really complicated. He probably was standing on a sand dune, Occam's razor. You know what I mean? And they didn't know mm -hmm. what that was. But then, like on that one, I guess when it like suits my narrative, I'm like, yes, Occam's razor, always and forever. But then it's like a lot of people would use Occam's razor to say Occam's razor dictates that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. You know what I mean? And in that case, I'm just like, no, fuck that razor. I ain't with that. You know what I mean? Because, but then they'll say, they're like, no, I mean, look, you either buy into, uh, there's this magic bullet and all this synchronized shit had to happen at once, or simply that guy had the gun and that guy did it. And I'm like, true, but 
Then enter Jack Ruby, right? You're taking all that out of account. Jack Ruby shooting Lee Harvey Oswald immediately tells me he did not act alone. And the reason I know that is because for the love of fucking God, do you think that Jack Ruby, a very successful mobster, would just he just shot Lee Harvey Oswald because he loved Jack Kennedy so goddamn much when they're definitely about to fucking kill him anyways, right? No, it was clearly to keep his fucking mouth shut, which means that he weren't working alone anti-Occam's Razor. Right. Well, that's a... <laughs> that's a, a hell of a demonstration you just put on there for why you don't... Like, because uh, you're talking about that as like... As though that's all, you know, given fact and everything when I feel like... It ain't. I mean, I, no. I'm, I'm just saying that Jack Ruby's guy. involvement. Jack Ruby's involvement you, tells me that it wasn't an act alone, and that it is more complicated. Okay, but, but it, but it, but, but it don't tell you that though. Like, it doesn't necessarily. I'm not a Kennedy assassination person. I can't talk about it even as even as eloquently as you just did. But I do know that it's like it's not. It's not a generally accepted fact that he wasn't working alone or anything like that. I mean, I know it's like still the official line. I think there's plenty of people. The only thing I can tell you is this. I read, uh, this is literally all I have to say on the subject because I, last year in the fall, I read 11-22-63, which is the, uh, yeah, the historical Stephen fiction. Stephen King, Stephen King historical. I've been I love meaning Stephen to read King, that. Big Stephen King fan. It's a Stephen King historical fiction book about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. In the afterword for it, Stephen King goes in his whole thing. He's like, I've always been a fanatic about the Kennedy assassination. I've read about it. I mean, whatever for years and years, all this shit. He's, and he's Stephen King. And he said, at the end of the day, he's not saying with 100% certainty, but at the end of the day, he ultimately has to come down on the side of it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Get the and fuck he out of alone. here. Get the well, fuck I'm just out saying, of here. I think I'm not, he's the only one that pulled that. the trigger. I think but he's you, the only but, one that pulled the trigger. And I don't I'm not going to argue you with you that with you because Why I'm not. The fuck would Jack Ruby kill him when he was See, about to be killed? It's so I don't he would know. shut the fuck up I don't because he was know. a patsy. He I don't it. even know. I don't even know enough about it to like give you a retort for that. You don't have all to know I'm everything about is, it. You know what I'm I just fucking is, said, and it's logic. But all I'm saying is, dude, you're such a that, piece of shit. Me, yeah, I'm, I'm quoting other people. I'm telling if you anyone shit else had said what I just said, you'd be like, you're making good points here. But because it's me, no, you're like, no, 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 no. Because what you did was, you said like, you're like, well, listen obviously this factor tells you beyond doubt it does this conclusion but it but it doesn't Corey. because if it, it did if it did no because if it did there wouldn't be it wouldn't be the most hotly debated of you know event of the 20th century or whatever like there's no most people believe how i believe maybe guaranteed I don't know that part either. Why I'm just the saying, like, fuck would he have shot him when he was I about to be dead anyway? Answer that. I it's can't because that he I was with the mob. The mob hated Jack Kennedy. He used to be their boy, but then he was introducing legislation that was going to fuck them, and his brother Robert was coming after him heavily with like a whole new group of pro he type motherfuckers for whatever modern day thing was keeping the mob alive. They didn't all, like him. 
All I'm saying is you're talking about it as though like as though it's solved or whatever, or at least yep. that part of it is solved. It, and I just the only thing I know what the only thing I know about it is that that is not the case. It's still not. It's it's one of those things, man. It's like the thing. It's the thing. It's like Aquifer we don't know the fucking truth of it or whatever. And you're talking about it like clearly this is the truth of it. At we least don't this part know. Of it. And that's we don't not... know what the mob dealings were, who ordered the hit, but we do know that fucking Jets, fucking Lee Harvey Oswald did shoot that motherfucker. But he was told to shoot that motherfucker, probably under the guise of "We're gonna kill you if you don't do this shit." And then they killed him because that's how that worked. Lee Harvey Oswald probably had some extenuating debts, and they're like, hey, we'll give your look, you're going to die anyways. We're going to fucking kill you, okay? But if you do this for us, then your family will be taken care of forever. And this guy was like, well, God damn it, if that's the only shot I got, there you go. Solved. It's definitely, I mean, solved. The Kennedy assassination. No, just the, fa- just the fact, <laughs> no, no, no. The only part that solved is that he wasn't acting alone. He was not okay. acting, fa- we don't know all the other people, but to me, the Jack Ruby thing, because it makes no fucking logical sense to kill him for any other reason than I don't want him to say what he's going to try to say in order to get a plea deal. It makes no sense. Lee Harvey Bro, Oswald. Let me, would, let, me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something just hypothetically here. If somebody killed, if somebody assassinated successfully Donald Trump tomorrow, mm-hmm. that person, you don't think their life would be in danger from anybody? You don't think no one would try to retaliate and kill that person for killing Donald Trump in this yes. country? I, yes, I do. I that, absolutely I mean, do. But Kennedy, not Jack Ruby. I, dude, I'm not trying to compare Kennedy to fucking Donald Trump in any other way. I'm except just saying, for like he had a major cult of personality and everything. A lot of people was like, this is our guy or whatever. If somebody killed Donald Trump tomorrow, that person would have to be under lock and key in my of course. opinion. Or that because they would be a target. So like but Jack I don't Ruby think it's is, automatically weird that yes, it is. the guy because who of who Jack Kennedy Ruby got is. killed by somebody else right it's after bec- that. It's like, because of who Jack Ruby is. This guy for his whole life has been a cold but calculated man of money first over everything. Then when you take the Kennedy ties to the mob, that's what the the mob Trey. Kennedy didn't hit for the mob. If, if if you go by logic, the only reason Jack Ruby would have came up to Lee Harvey Oswald was to jack him off. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't hit for them. So, like, yes, dude. Like, if if someone assassinated Trump and some dude wearing jorts went up and shot him, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? But if someone who had no re- who had every reason to hate Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying, did it, I might think. Okay, well, maybe they sent this old boy there to kill him. But I hear what you're saying. Occam's razor back to the earlier earlier example of Occam's razor that Occam himself apparently gave, like the whole Jesus walking on water thing. Like, if you believe in the divinity of Jesus, isn't it the simpler explanation that he just walked on water? That's one of of the arguments of like they were obviously I don't, but if you do. That's a way simpler explanation. I, like, no, no, I he agree. Just, he just did. He, you see I, what it? Because I would have thought Occam's Razor was like it appears as though that man is walking on water. If you believe that man is a son of God and a miracle worker right. or whatever, then the simplest explanation is that some bitch walking on water right now. Right. right. But then if I saw somebody appearing to walk on water, just some dude. I would be like, 
obviously he's on standing on something. There's some kind of trick going on here. Right. But I don't, I'm not assuming that guy is divine right. in nature. I feel like that makes a pretty big difference. Occam's razor actually comes up a lot in spiritual theology because of this reason. And basically everyone on the religious side comes to the conclusion of, yeah, I think it's simple. He's divine. He walked on water. There you go. And like people will say like, you know, like, okay, let's use Occam's razor. Was there a big bang that created all of life or was it just simply God snapped his fingers, but then it's like, but you have to peel that back too. Where did God come from? How complicated is that whole thing really? So like, you know, yeah, that because like I said, that but this this why I like this motherfucker so much is because he believed that God was divine. He he believed all that shit. It's just that he didn't trust the people who wrote like anytime Jesus weren't talking, he was like, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? And and he was such a purist with the whole, you know, we're supposed to live in poverty and serve people that when he sees the Catholics doing all their bullshit, he's like, well, now I must rewrite the Bible or, you know, do my own critiques of it or uh, or all that shit. So, but anyways, my whole point of wanting to talk about him was I never knew there was that much of a backstory to this dude. And I damn sure would not have believed that he was a holy monk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like back then, around that time, if somebody was like thinking and talking and people yeah. remember they're thinking and talking, the Lord was probably somehow involved. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? And not the, someone like, talking about the opposite of Lord. Right, the Lord pretty much had to be involved back then if he was going to like, if he was going to have any kind of career in thinking and talking or painting or sculpting or right. any of that, you know. He was going to have to get in bed with the Lord, pretty much. Big Lord was going to be lying in your pockets. Well, I hear all my nephews and nieces screaming from downstairs, so what do you say we get some airmail in? Yeah, it's for me. All right, subject line, episode 54. Hey, gang, love the pod, been listening since the second week. Thank you for always making me crumble to fits of laughter every week while I get ready in the morning or while cleaning the house or driving in traffic. That last situation has me looking like a lunatic, so extra thank you for that. I grew up pores adjacent. <laughs> me too. I grew up pores adjacent in the ever-changing state of Iowa, Sorry about our dumb politicians recently trying to ruin the state and country with hatred and child labor. Didn't know about that. Certainly checks out. And and so I love studying the flip side of the topics with you. I do have one critique to share. If I may be so presumptuous that you care to hear it. Clearly I do. Uh, I'm listening to the most recent episode and heard the first rim shot comedic sound effect, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't even know we did that. I guess that's Man, a critique of you, BPP. Uh, that sounds like it hits for me. The crystal, the crystal myth slash stripper name joke was actually pretty funny and didn't need it. Well, I wouldn't have even read this shit if I knew it was a critique of BPP. I saw critique and I was like, this is going to be something funny that I got wrong. You know what I mean? And I'm always willing to live those. Dad, you keep doing your thing. Unless we get like 50 other emails that say the same thing and then quit. Uh, that was from, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they wanted their name uh, read, uh, but their initials were AF. There you go. You get the, uh, 
you get the uh, uh, what's the word recognition you deserve. And one last one here, uh, subject line you called it, and then it's just a link to an article where uh, Gerard Depardieu has been accused by fifteen more women of sexual assault. <laughs> so we did. I don't. It's funny because like change a lot. I look. I didn't feel I, like we called it. I thought it was common knowledge. I I like. I really shouldn't say this now, but the way that I remember that episode was like, I don't remember us like, uh, even really going in on him that hard for the sexual stuff. As a matter of fact, I remember us being like, you know, it's France. Well, so yeah, yeah. But know. we did point it out. We, yeah, were, we pointed yeah. out that it had happened, but we weren't like, we did not take a hardcore stance of like, oh. this guy's a monster. Clearly, he did this. You or know what? At all, I you know what feel it is. Like, and I mean, now I feel like I guess we should have. We like we mo- we mostly just focused on his like absurdity, absurdity, his drunken absurdity. Yeah, yeah. I you know what I think it is now. You remember when we got that email that was lambasting us for not giving uh, all the praise to Gerard Depardieu because he was such an icon. And uh, I read that email, and then I motherfucked that lady for about 10 minutes. I bet that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. So you called it. Good job. Well, again, no. I thought it was common fucking knowledge. Like, dude, I didn't even know half the stuff about Gerard Depardieu that you was even saying. I mainly knew him for being, like, their, that guy, you know? Right. Well, there you go. This has been putting on airs. I'm going to go play with my kids. Appreciate y'all listening. Uh, appreciate y'all helping this show move up in the ranks as it's doing every single week. Remember, the best way to help us, well, two best ways to help us, rate and review the show. Even if you've already done it, it'll probably let you do it again. Give us five stars because don't even waste your time if you're not going to do that. Give us five stars. Leave a little review on whatever podcast platform you do. And also... Uh, tell your friends about the show because I think it hits. Don't you, Trey? I do think it hits. It I hits real hard. Convinced of its hit status. So and yes, remember, spread the word. If you're just listening, you can also watch it at watchpoa.com. Share it all over your socials. We sure love you and stay fancy, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Skew. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on.